Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and play. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is December 13th. This is week 15 of the 2022 NFL season. My name is Michael Nazareth, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Pretty well, pretty well. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everyone's trying to get their stuff done before the end of the year. Maybe if you're in school, you're getting those semester exams and final exams done before a Christmas break, trying to get stuff done at work before the end of the year. But most importantly, it's playoff fantasy football time. It's the best time of year. It's the time we all go for. It sure is. It sure is. And uh, happy to to, uh, to announce that uh, you and I uh, made the playoffs in the FanX uh, this year. Uh, we're the five seed. Uh, we have to play this week. But I was very happy to win our last couple of games and, and score well and get into the playoffs. Uh, also made the uh, the uh, playoffs in, uh, in the Half-Ax Experts League, which is a dynasty auction IDP league that includes punters. Oh, my gosh. Uh, IDP specialist Steve Yerger and I share a team there, and we made the uh, playoffs. Won our division ten and four. Uh, unfortunately, in the uh, FF Webmasters uh, fourteen team non PPR league, I finished six and eight uh, out of the playoffs. Missed it by two games. Uh, it is what it is. Yeah, you know, uh, when you're in a fourteen team league, you had a couple of key injuries, and both my quarterbacks, Stafford and Matt Ryan, didn't produce. Uh, I had a couple of key injuries with Dalton Schultz early and Mike Williams late. And didn't make quite make the playoffs there. But in the FFPC, uh, not the main event, unfortunately, but in the uh, Dynasty League, a $250 Dynasty League, uh, we clinched a buy. Uh, Steve Burr and I share a team there. Uh, and uh, we won $200 and uh, clinched a buy for this week. And we're into the Final Four for the final two-week race in two weeks here. So there's lots of playoff uh, uh, action going on. Uh, most leagues, uh, probably the regular season, unless you're in a total points league, have ended. And this is playoff time, so let's get right to the, the important injury news and notes. And a big quarterback went down on Monday night. Uh, I could hear the groan from you, Chris, because I know you got him in one year league. <laughs> Kyler Murray lost for the season with a torn ACL. Fantasy impact there uh, for the Cardinals. What is it, uh, Chris? Yeah, this is going to be serious. Um, they had an, a pretty favorable schedule for fantasy down the stretch, but it's really hard for me to, to see. I love Colt McCoy as a quarterback. He's a great backup. I think he's going to, you know, he's going to be serviceable and he's going to keep those the, the receivers that are remaining from 
from totally being, you know, unstartable for sure. They're, they're still worthy of starts, but you're just not going to get the, the big, the big output that you, you were maybe hoping from Marquise Brown and, and, and DeAndre Hopkins down the stretch. Obviously Ertz is already out as well. Connor's been doing well since he came back. You know, my guess, if anything, the biggest fantasy impact is that Connor's going to get even more action, uh, both as a receiver and as a runner. Uh, the, they use a little bit more Colt McCoy dump off than they will, um, and, you know, down the field stuff that they might have with Kyler Murray. So uh, this this is a big blow to, to anyone who's still using our Arizona Cardinals as a significant part of your fantasy fantasy football playoffs. Um, I, I just think that they're going to really feel this one. And this is a team that was already kind of circling the drain in an NFL sense. So they're, they were they were, you know, they four and nine, I believe, right now. So they were yep. definitely out of the playoffs and playing for draft picks. So, yeah, this this one's going to be rough. And I it would not surprise me that guys with nagging injuries are maybe even held out or minimized their snaps down the stretch to make sure that they're not uh, hurt going into next season. So that's something else to keep an eye on. I think it might cause them to pull back the reins a little bit uh, for the remainder of the, of the Cardinals that are still playing. Yeah, two two names come to mind. Rondell Moore with the groin injury did not play. Uh, they're probably not going to rush him back, just like the Rams aren't rushing Cooper Cup back this year at all. Uh, anyway, Greg Dortch is playing with a, uh, a thumb injury, uh, and I think uh, the the one big per, the, the big player here in the passing game that's really going to suffer is probably Hollywood Brown. Uh, because he's an explosive player, it takes uh, you know uh, uh, really good accuracy uh, and, and, and a good arm and such. And, and Colt McCoy is good, but we saw him uh, just running for his life. The offensive line is just not blocking very well. And 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 Kyler Murray was the kind of guy that could sidestep that kind of things and get the ball downfield to the guys like Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. And I think Colt McCoy is going to be uh, much less able to do that. More sacks, uh, more dump offs to to Connor and such. And uh, so you know, player, fancy players accordingly in that regard. And he wasn't the only player to get hurt. Although uh, uh, at least this next guy we're going to talk about, uh, running back Damon Pierce for Houston, isn't going to be lost for the season. He had an ankle injury, uh, suffered fairly late in that game. He did have a, a pretty good game with a score, but he's out one to two weeks with that ankle. Rex Burkhead. Uh, De- 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 uh and and you know Benjamin was on the squad and and they cut him. What's the fantasy impact for Houston's running game, Chris? Well, Burkhead's obviously the guy to own. I I know you point out uh, Ogunbowale has had, had a, some good run there. Maybe maybe the better goal line back of of the two that are remaining. Although they do like to use Burkhead on the goal line, with, so they can use him as a threat, as a quick pass, or as a runner. Uh, Burkhead's the only guy I would feel comfortable starting right now, especially in a PPR league. Although you know, it, it's hard to really get too excited about any Houston Texan right now. Um, again, they do have a favorable schedule for fantasy with the cup, two good games, two good matchups out of three in the next few weeks. But yeah, this is a nice, nice blow for a guy who's been a pretty consistent, steady performer uh, down the stretch. Uh, really, since he moved into the starting lineup, he's been a pretty solid RB two with some with some upside week to week. So. I'm, I'm just the, – the big blow is that you're not going to get Damian Pierce. I don't really think this really changes anything else for anyone else on the Texans because I don't think you were probably starting anyone else on the Texans. That's right. That's right. I agree with there. Well, both uh, Neil Collins and Brandon Cooks missed the last week's game, and they were rotating their quarterbacks there. So, basically, it was only Pierce, and now he's gone. Although I, I, I can appreciate uh, Rex Burkhead because I picked him up late last year 
when he had that run when he was a starter. David Johnson was hurt and such, and everybody else. And he had helped uh, helped the winning uh, winning us some money. Seaberger uh, and I in our in our uh, FFPC Dynasty League team when we had uh, injuries to both CMC and, and Derrick Henry. I can't believe this. Uh, Rex Burkhead and Gabe Davis had that big uh, stretch there at the end of last season. Uh, actually got us third place in that league. So sometimes the replacements can help you win money. But I think in this case it's going to be one one probably just one week with Burkhead. And uh, you know it's not like he's been tearing it up lately there, but he, he's going to have shots here. Anyway, moving on over to San Francisco, Debo Samuel. Uh, both a knee and an ankle injury. He's out two-plus weeks, which probably gets you at least to week 17. He's iffy for that game. So the question here is, uh, if you've got Debo Samuel in the redrafter league, Chris, uh, obviously we want to know the fantasy impact, but what do you do in terms of you hold him or cut him or or, uh, or what? What do you do? Well, I guess it kind of depends on your league size, your roster size, and, and who might be available. I mean, if there's a guy out there that's going to be potentially startable, for the next few weeks for your fantasy playoffs, I think you do cut him um, in, in, a, in a redraft league. Now, I mean, if you've got room to stash him, great, because he's going to be worth starting possibly when he comes back. But there's guys out there on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues with some good matchups down the stretch. The, the, you know, the, uh, the Jaguars have some great matchups down the stretch. Maybe, maybe a Zay Jones uh, or a Marvin Jones is out there uh, down the stretch. Uh, sometimes these two guys from the from the Jets, uh, Elijah Moore and Corey Davis, mm-hmm. uh, have been left out there uh, on the waiver wire. They've got some really prime matchups down the stretch. If you got some guy like that on your waiver wire that you know you could start in a pinch the next two to three weeks, I, I do think you drop Debo Samuel in a heartbeat. Um, you don't have the room to carry dead weight on your roster. Uh, depending, depends a lot of your league's uh, roster management rules, whether you can make pickups, whether you uh, whether you can store extra guys in your bench, more than likely there's probably somebody more useful on the waiver wire uh, if you don't see a, a chance to use Debo Samuel for at least two, possibly three weeks. You got to get to that third week before it's even worth worrying about. Yeah, you, there, there's a lot of leagues out there because I get uh, emails from subscribers asking, say, hey, should I cut this guy for Zay Jones or whatnot? And I'm like, is this is Zay, Zay Jones or uh, you know on somebody's roster? And I'm like, no, 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 we can only carry 14 players and they start 10 of them every week and i'm like wow that means you can't hardly hold uh, somebody that goes on ir you can't really hold anybody that goes on ir and if they're going to be out two three four weeks especially near the end of the season then you know uh you've got no cho- choice but to, to cut and grab somebody because there's usually somebody uh that's uh, significant that can uh, blow up or, or at least have a solid game uh donald people jones is another guy that's that's out there on uh you know in a lot of these thin uh, thin leagues where you can't hardly hold anyone so i agree with that now looking back at the other players that are playing like brandon Ayuk, uh george kittle uh cmc obviously uh maybe jordan mason what what do you think is the uh the impact of uh no samuel there yeah the, I, obviously the biggest impact is that cmc is going to finally be the guy that we thought he was going to be all year especially when he went to san francisco getting you know those 25 touches, a lot more receptions, going to be the goal line option without any any sort of uh, concern that he's going to share goal line touches or looks. CMC's value really stays solid. He could be, you know, the, the, one of the number one players throughout the playoffs. Um, Ayuk is probably going to be the biggest uh, beneficiary in the receiving game. Uh, Kittle, I think, is going to retain his value. Obviously, it's not going to get any worse. The thing I'm curious about is who's going to step in and be that second receiver for for San Diego. I mean, Jennings has looked really good at times. He might be another guy, again, available on your waiver wire that you could pick up for a Devo Samuel, and it's probably better worth carrying. 
there's a lot of guys that were kind of on the fringe on this on this uh, offense. One of them is going to step in and get a heck of a lot more snaps at least. I don't know who that's going to be. My guess would be Juwan Jennings um, uh, if, if, if I had to put a, a, a bet out right now. And, of course, we're all watching to see if uh, Purdy's going to be able to play because you've got an oblique injury. And, and uh, they were saying that uh, Thursday's going to be the big day to watch to see if he can practice and feels good. Uh, you know, they hope that he can play and he, he, he feels that he'll be able to play, but we'll see if he gets through these practices. Okay, before we uh, get on to the rest of the, uh, the news and the injuries and such, um, the Cowboys, uh, finally. And I drafted this guy in the uh, FFPC Pros versus Joes, hoping that somebody would sign him, uh, well, significantly earlier than they did now. But the Cowboys, uh, you know, decided not to sign OBJ. They signed T.Y. Hilton. So the question is, Chris, this is uh, Hilton, Mr. Hilton from the Colts. Uh, Tell me, uh, what's your thoughts on uh, T.Y. Hilton going to the Cowboys, and is he going to make any kind of impact here over the next month? Uh, the short, short answer is I don't think he will. I think he's an insurance policy because, realistically, he's going to come in and be, I'm going to say, sixth in the pecking order receiver. I don't think he's going to supplant uh, Noah Brown or, or now the, the now healthy James Washington as their number three mm. receiver. Um, uh, obviously, you got Lamb and Gallup. And, and Dalton Schultz, the top three options in the passing game, and maybe even Pollard ahead of them <laughs> on, on the screen passes. He's an insurance wow. policy, and a lot of people might be looking at this and thinking, oh, he's going to come in and have that OBJ-type role as it pushes this team uh, towards the Super Bowl. That's probably a, a pie-in-the-sky hope. That's a little bit of a ceiling play. He's going to need another injury, because uh, realistically, OBJ needed another injury. Robert Woods had to get hurt before he stepped into the starting lineup. So I think he's, a, he's an injury uh, uh, insurance policy, but one thing that this, the, the two things that this do is one, maybe this finally gets T.Y. Hilton a chance to play in a Super Bowl. He, you know, he didn't really get that chance because he joined them right. right after they went to their last Super Bowl. So it'd be great to see a guy who who's kind of a, really a class act. Uh, be nice to see him get his shot at getting a ring. It'd be good for him. The thing that this probably does that's most significantly impacted for fantasy is that a lot of people went out and picked up OBJ a few weeks back thinking that maybe he was going to sign with somebody down the stretch like the Cowboys and have that huge impact. He's not going to sign with the Cowboys now. He's probably not going to sign with the Bills now. Uh, he, did, he walked out of there without a contract, and they signed Cole Beasley out of retirement to fill their, their receiver depth role. I think this probably means that all those people that tried to pick up, uh, to catch lightning in a bottle by picking up OBJ for their fantasy team, mm. those people should all cut him. It's quite evident that if he signs anywhere, he's not going to have an impact in the in the fantasy playoffs in the rest of the NFL regular season. Yeah, he's looking at, at playing in the in the uh, real playoffs in, in come January. So, uh, you know, we had this uh, discussion because we picked up Jameson Williams, and uh, you know, I, I was mu- much more reluctant. And I'm a big QOG, OBJ fan because I've got the catch on my wall here and a big Giants fan. But I doubted whether he was going to come back and be able to play. And I I, I had a feeling that Jameson Williams was going to come back and do something. And of course, he scored on his first catch last week. Although the targets aren't there, and there's big questions there, but at least he's playing. And uh, so I'm not surprised by all by this. He doesn't need to play. Uh, you know, he, he, he wants to join a Super Bowl contender in the playoffs and, uh, you know, finish, finish, get another 
get another ring. <laughs> so so I, I understand that. And, of course, he didn't mind getting wined and dined and, and getting all this attention and everything. So I, I, I bet if you talk to Jerry Jones and Private, he'd probably feel, feel, feel that maybe we were used a little bit here, you know, but it is what it is. And, you know, we'll see uh, if, he, if he signs with anybody come January, but it was very interesting. Anyway, uh, if you guys want a, a complete list of injuries, uh, key injuries for the fantasy playoffs, then come to ffmastermind.com. Subscribe to our uh, weekly newsletter. It's only 9.95 for the rest of the season, and you can check out our fourth and one injury report updated on a daily basis. One more injury note: uh, Tyreek Hill has an ankle injury. It sounds like he will play. He was limited on Tuesday. We'll see if he can be able to play this coming Saturday at Buffalo in a big game between the Dolphins and the Bills. Uh, anyway, uh, and 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 uh, we want to make sure that you guys uh, come to our website and check out our free stuff to our uh, NFL quick bits and such. And of course, we want to thank our sponsor, FanDuel. Uh, for uh, sponsoring our uh, uh, podcast for all of the season. Anyway, tackle millions of prizes all football season long in FanDuel uh, Fantasy Contest. If you're new to fantasy, there's no better time to get in on the action because right now new customers get a free single-game entry when you sign up for FanDuel. Single-game contests are a great way to get in on the action for the week's biggest matchups with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Just draft your five-player lineup, and put your best player in the MPP position where fantasy points are multiplied by one and a half. Plus, on FanDuel, you can also play full slate contests featuring uh, multiple games, season-long best ball contests, and so much more. And when you win, you get paid fast, and I'm not lying about that because I played and gotten paid very fast. So uh, kick off your football season, whether it's now uh, or, or here in the next couple of weeks or even in come the fantasy play, uh, the uh, real playoffs in January, uh, and with a Get a free single-game entry. Just download the Fantasy uh, FanDuel uh, Fantasy app and sign up with the promo code Mastermind. That's M-A-S-T-E-R-M-I-N-D. Uh, that's promo code Mastermind, M-A-S-T-E-R-M-I-N-D, to get your free single-game entry. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Read Drafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. All right, you want to try us out uh, at ffmastermind.com, the weekly newsletter for the final month of the season's 995. It's our elite season sale. In addition to getting access to the rest of this season's newsletters, you also get a chance to renew next year at a rock-bottom price under $40. I know some of our competitors have raised their price. One guy, one service has raised their price to over 60 and if you go with all their DFS stuff, it's over 100 And, uh, you know, we've always been around 40 or under 40 for our rock-bottom early bird price. 
our early bird price, uh, our rock bottom price. Our early bird price is usually in the 40s, uh, late 30s, 40s, depending on the package. And, uh, and then the full regular price is always uh, upper 50s at, at highest there. So we appreciate everybody's business. Try us out and come uh, follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. Uh, let's get right to the picks to click and flick for week 15. These are the guys you want to consider putting in your lineup or pulling from your lineup because of the certain situations that we're going to discuss. Give me a couple quarterbacks you like this week, Chris, and why. Uh, kind of like Andy Dalton this this week. Over the last four weeks, the Falcons have played some of the worst passing offenses in the NFL. And they've only allowed 149 yards per game, so their overall ranking has become deceptively mediocre. But for, for the first nine weeks, they were far and away the worst team in the NFL defending the quarterback, allowed 310 yards per game against mediocre competition at quarterback. So I think even a middle-of-the-pack guy like Dalton should excel with two weeks to prepare, no weather concerns. He's averaged almost 19 points per game and two touchdowns a game over the last seven games, and he's been far more effective indoors than at home. Um, for what it's worth, he, he did throw for 337 and three touchdowns the last time he played the Falcons, although, to be fair, it was a few years and a few teams ago. I think he's a nice, cheap DFS play, but likely not someone you bench your starter for in the playoffs. And then a guy I really like is Mike White. I mean, he took a beating and scored low in the terrible weather last week, and still he's been a fantasy cornerback one since taking over the reins three weeks ago, averaging about 320 yards per game. It's clear they trust White. He's never attempted less than 28 passes in his six-game career as a starter. He's averaging 42 pass attempts a game. And Zach Wilson has only attempted more than 26 passes twice in his seven starts. So, I mean, White's schedule the rest of the way is great, starting with the match this week, against the most generous fantasy quarterback defense for quarterbacks, the Lions, fresh off Cousins, ripping them for 425 last week. He is my favorite pickup to replace Kyler Murray off the waiver wire. He's a solid start this week and for the fantasy playoffs. You know, I like that, too. I tell you, you know, of course, I'm a Giants fan, but I'm also a Jets fan because I'd love to see the Jets-Giants Super Bowl. I don't think it's ever going to happen, unlike the Mets-Yankees uh, World Series. But, uh, you know, they've got something here with White. And both of these teams are struggling after getting off the good starts. Uh, I want at least one of the Giants, uh, one of the New York teams, maybe the Giants, well, the Giants or Jets, to make the playoffs. It would be great if both of them did, but they need to start winning. And, uh, you know, the schedule is a little getting a little bit better, at least for the Jets in the short term. So go Mike White and the Jets. Anyway, a couple of quarterbacks I like this week. Uh, Justin Herbert, uh, what's not to like here? Because I know he's been struggling most of the season. Well, that's because Keenan Allen was out and Mike Williams was out. Well, guess what? They're both healthy now, and he gets uh, a very big game uh, coming this week against the Titans and their terrible uh, secondary that just got toasted by uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. So uh, you're going to start Justin Herbert. But today, uh, this week, uh, you'd be confident with him because he will produce the big game. Uh, Matt Ryan is another great streaming option uh, against the soft Vikings defense that's given up more than 400 yards in like the last four or five weeks. So if you need a quarterback, you know, he might get sacked and all, but he will get the big play out to uh, Pittman and Campbell and such. And so I think Matt Ryan is going to be a good play if you need him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, Tom Brady's just been struggling the entire year, just looks out of sorts, uh, you know, missing on long throws. I don't know what kind of, uh, you know, what's wrong with the connection with Mike Evans, but the Bengals' defense is very underrated. Uh, I think they're going to limit him, uh, you know, maybe to a touchdown. So, uh, you know, hopefully you have a better option, Tom Brady. And Tua, uh, Tua Tungabaloa, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, they're playing the Bills this week. And Tua has not been himself the last couple of weeks, uh, just uh, missing passes and such. you got Tyreek Hill's kind of gimpy. you got Waddle's got the, the fibula, uh, sore fibula, uh, you know. So, I don't know. Uh, the, the, the Bills are playing a little bit better defense now. 
after a little mini slump in the middle of the season, I just not feeling this for Tua. So if you got a better option, sit Tua this week. How about you, Chris? A couple of quarterbacks. You're not crazy about, and why? Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins got a lot of things going against him this week. Uh, he's been surprisingly averaging only about 230 yards per game, and one and a half touchdowns at home uh, through eight, seven, seven or eight games, and 300 and two and a half touchdowns on the road. His performance in prime time is well documented. He's averaged under 230 yards per game in 10 non-Sunday games as a Viking. So uh, even coming off a monster game last week, I went back and looked. He's averaging only 208 passing yards in his last eight games after throwing for 300 yards in the last three seasons. This, all these things are not in his wheelhouse, and his opponent this week can only do one thing well, and that is limit the passing production. The Colts have allowed the second fewest passing yards at just a hair over 200 yards per game in the third fewest attempt. So hopefully you got a better option than Kirk. And then a guy, another guy is Geno Smith. He's been about the most consistent fantasy quarterback all season. He's thrown multiple touchdowns in 11 of his 13 games, the league best. He's QB six for the year. Carried a lot of these teams in the playoffs, including some of mine. But he was probably drafted to back, back up for, for a waiver wire ad. You, hopefully you got that other good guy still in your roster. You may want to consider this week on matchups. He's only played a top 15 pass defense three times this year, and he's not really performed great in those games. Uh, most notably, he faced this same 49er team several months ago, and he was held to nine fantasy points, and that was with a fully healthy complement of weapons. Briscoe's only allowed two quarterbacks to top 20 points this season and only 16 points per game since their bye in week nine. Okay, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? I love Isaiah Pacheco again this week. I know McKinnon had the monster week, but that matched his previous four games combined. I mean, he, he's doing his damage in the air as the primary receiving back, but no one throws to anyone against the Texans. They just get bludgeoned on the ground, so I look for a heavy dose of, of Pacheco this week. Um, running backs are rushing the ball nearly 30 times per game against Houston, that's, so that, that really tells you they're going to run the ball. Since becoming the starter four weeks ago, Pacheco's third in the NFL in rushing and eighth in rush attempts, and it's handled, more importantly, about 80% of Kansas City's rushes. So it's a major part of what should be a huge pie this week. I like Pacheco. It's a great volume play with multiple touchdown potential. And then uh, a guy that might surprise you is I love James Conner this week. Denver's defense is great, but they've quietly allowed top 10 rushing yards for the year and top five receptions to running backs so far. And you just saw what a receiving back could do to them last week. With Conner's quietly been a top five PPR back since his return from injury, uh, three, with three games over 23 PPR points in his last four, touchdowns in four straight games. And with Kyler Murray now being out, I think McCoy is definitely going to lean on Connor even more in both the run and the pass game. And he's looking like a really good volume play this week. The running back position has been averaging four points per game in PPR, better than their season averages when playing against Denver since week three. Okay, that's a lot to think about on Connor. We'll, uh, I'm going to talk about him in a second here. A, cu- a couple of running backs I like this week. Brian Robinson, he had uh, like a career game against the Giants a couple of weeks ago. Well, guess what? They're playing the Giants again. Uh, coming off their bye, two more weeks all rested, and they're playing them at home. Uh, I hope to God the Giants win this game, but I think Brian Robinson's going to have a big fantasy game, so get him in your lineup if you got him. Uh, Cam Akers, uh, very surprising. He's been scoring here in the last couple of games, three touchdowns. I think he's going to have success against the poorest Packers run defense. It's one of the things they they don't do well. Uh, I know Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, got all the press and everything, and I'm not saying that the Rams have any shot to win to beat the Packers, but I think that Cam Akers is going to get it done on the ground and probably score in this game. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week. Uh, wow, Kareem Hunt's just had a horrendous season. Uh, they're playing the, the Ravens, the run defense with Roquan Smith's much better. Hunt's only getting about four, five, six touches a game. Uh, it's just not enough. 
uh, sit him this week. And my other uh, flick for the week, and this initially was done before the Monday night game where Kyler Murray got hurt, but I'm going to stick with it. James Conner against the Broncos. I know you you came up with a lot of good things that make sense there. Uh, I just think the Broncos are going to swarm to Connor in this game. Now he's probably going to catch quite a quite a bit of passes here. I just don't see see him getting very many uh, opportunities near the goal to score. So if he has a good game or a solid game, it's going to have to become on volume and catching a lot of passes, and that may happen. So just be careful there. If you've got other better options, uh, you know, then go ahead and and, and go with it. Uh, how about you, Chris? A couple of running backs you don't care for, and why? Well, for all the reasons you really like Brian Robinson this week, these are the reasons I don't like his running mate, Antonio Gibson. Robinson's dominating the early down work uh, two to three times as many rushes in the last two games as Gibson. And most importantly, he's getting just as many targets and catches. The G-men have allowed the third most rushing yards to running backs and the fifth most touchdowns. So, again, this favors Robinson instead of Gibson. And they've also allowed the fewest running back receptions by far this season, under three per game. So this takes away the basis for Gibson's high floor in a PPR. Literally only one running back has caught more than two passes against them since week two, and it was uh, it was only three for 12 yards back in week 11, so it wasn't that impressive. One needs to look no further than that Washington game, you know, a few weeks ago against these same Giants. Robinson had 21 carries for, you know, just under 100 yards. And Gibson had like nine carries for 30 yards, and each had a couple receptions. So I'm staying away from Gibson. I don't think he got any upside this week. And then my big caution play of the week is Saquon Barkley. Um, he's just not looked like himself over the last month. He's averaged under 40 yards per game rushing for the last four games. He's not top 25 yards receiving in eight games. Barkley's not even been an RB2 for PPR over the last month, averaging 11 points per game, which is about the same as Devin Singletary and less than Melvin Gordon. Wrap your mind around that for a minute. Uh, the commanders, meanwhile, are rested coming off a bye. They've been ramping up the rush defense. They've allowed over their last six games, on average, around 14 points per game in total to a running back in a PPR, which is about 60% of what their opponent running backs otherwise average for the rest of the year. So you're likely not benching Barkley, but the expectations are not for a ceiling game here. Yeah, I tell you, I think what it is is he's got that neck injury, and I think that's been lingering for a couple of weeks uh, kind of under the radar. And People think, oh, he's okay, he practices and such, but they're limiting him. He's not getting hit in practice, and, uh, you know, he takes those hits in the games, and uh, Johnson being kind of careful with him, but, you know, they need him. And uh, I know that he came out of the game early uh, last week, and, uh, you know, he wanted to go back in, and they wouldn't let him go back in. And uh, Matt Breida and uh, Gary Brightwell are just not the same uh, talent and such. So, anyway, how about a couple of wide receivers like? and why love Garrett Wilson I mean the rookie's got twice as many targets receptions yards and touchdowns as any other Jets receiver and the success has skewed even more with Mike White under center Um, not only is Wilson among the hottest receivers in fantasy he's number two in yards over the three Mike White starts but he's also facing a team that is particularly being roasted by opposing alpha receivers including 11 catches for 223 by Justin Jefferson just last week Uh, a wide receiver that is actually stylistically very similar to Wilson the way he plays. Um, the Lions have allowed the second most wide receiver receptions and yards and the third most fantasy points to receivers. So Wilson has lined up for a huge game here. And then, I, you know, you mentioned Herbert earlier. I like his top target, Keenan Allen. You know, Tennessee's circling the drain a bit. The Chargers need to win at home to keep pace in the playoff race. The Titans have been especially hard hit in trying to stop the pass all year. They've allowed the second most fantasy points per game, a ton of catches and touchdowns. Meanwhile, Keenan Allen is third in the league in receptions and first in targets since returning from a long injury time off in week 11. He's been targeted 28 times in the last two games. 
I also look at Mike Williams. He had a monster game last week, and he's followed up nearly every 100-yard game he's had in the last three seasons with really puny ones. So I think Allen's going to, again, be the main focus of the passing attack and enhance chance of a score since Tennessee's allowed 18 wide receiver touchdowns already. Okay. A couple of guys I like this week. Uh, what's not to like about the Colts guys? Pittman and Campbell, like I already mentioned. I think uh, both of them could score on that uh, Vikings non-existent secondary. Also, C.D. Lamb is coming off a, uh, a poor game uh, for him. I think he sees a big rebound coming here for the for the Jaguars. So, obviously, you're going to start him, but you can start him with confidence, plug and play. Don't worry about it. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, D.J. Chark. The Jets secondary is hot right now, and also they usually, if they give up, Yardage or scores, it's usually to the number one. That would be Amon or St. Brown, uh, not D.J. Chark. And also, uh, Jamison Williams might take a few looks away from Chark, too. And, of course, Adam Thielen, uh, a little bit fading there. Uh, we had a little discussion about Thielen last week, and uh, he scored. <laughs> three, uh, two of his uh, three touchdowns this, this season have come against the Detroit Lions. Unfortunately, they're playing the Colts this week. Very good secondary, as uh, you pointed out, Chris. So I'm sitting Thielen if I can this week. I don't trust him. How about you a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why yeah you're not going to want to hear this because you just mentioned one of our fanex starting playoff receivers I, i've got the other two on my flick list uh, i start with Marcus brown uh, he, he he was wide receiver seven averaging over 11 targets 85 yards per game and 20 ppr points without d hop in the lineup then he got injured he came back and after returning from injury he's dropped to about half of those numbers and now has to deal with the loss of kyler murray under center you add to this the league's stingiest pass defense for receivers, this is just a recipe for a floor game, even for a high-target guy like, like Marquise Brown. Denver's only allowed 100 yards to the wide receivers in total last week, despite giving up over 350 passing yards. So they just take away the outside threat. And then my big-time caution this week is Mike Evans. You know, kind of for some of the same reasons you mentioned Brady earlier, he has felt the sting of the Bucks' offensive woes more than just about any fantasy player. He and Brady just can't seem to connect. He's gone five straight games without reaching 60 yards. He's not scored a touchdown since week four, nine straight games. He's averaged only eight PPR points per game in the last six weeks. The Bengals, meanwhile, have allowed the fewest wide receiver receptions and the second fewest touchdowns this year, only six total and only one touchdown since week nine. It's going to be hard to bench Mike Evans, but it's even harder to keep him in your lineup the way he's been scoring over the last month. I tell you, it's very disappointing on those two players. Well, Marquise Brown, because of the quarterback, but I don't know what's going on with Evans. He's just not connecting well with Tom Brady at all. How about tight ends? A couple of tight ends you like this week. Well, I'll make you feel better about our Fanatics team. I'm going to start with Dalton Schultz. Uh, Nobody's even being close to being assaulted by the tight end as much in the last month as have the Jaguars. They've allowed over 23 points per game to the position in the last four weeks. They actually have allowed four tight end touchdowns in the last four games, and Six tight ends have topped nine PPR points in the last four weeks. That's pretty crazy in a low tight end year. Schultz has been the TE6 since returning from injury in week seven. He's been number four in yards, targets, and catches in that time. So he's got a high floor in PPR. So I think he's got a solid outlook with a good chance at a score and a ceiling game this week as well. And then I love Greg Dolchich this week. Um, the perfect confluence of multiple factors coming together. He's been the team's leading receiver in every statistical category since being activated in week six. If Brett Rippon's in, in this week for the concuss Wilson, I suspect the backup's going to look for the tight end even more as a bailout. And then you just can't overlook the fact the Cardinals have been atrocious against the tight end this year. They're allowing nearly 20% more points to the tight end than the team that's in second place, and so far the most yards and catches and touchdowns to the position, every category. They have allowed 50% over-season averages to the position per game, 
and over 18 points per game in PPR to the tight end position. And this position is almost totally manned by Dolchich for the, for the Broncos right now. Yep. Uh, I agree with you totally. Uh, Hunter Henry almost scored uh, Monday night. Uh, I guess his owner is kind of upset at that for three for 70. is not bad. Uh, a couple of guys I like this week. I think George Kittle is going to see an increased role, and Seahawks, uh, Seahawks can't guard the tight end, so I think he's going to score. So obviously you're going to start him, and I think he produces for you. Gerald Everett, I think he's going to score on the Titans. T- t- uh, they're just terrible against the tight end uh, this week. So I know there's so many options there, but I think Herbert could throw three or four scores here, and I think uh, Everett is going to get one of them. Uh, a couple of guys I'm concerned about, uh, I think it's going to be a comeback-to-earth game for uh, Evan Ingram. He had uh, out of this world crazy numbers last week. Well, uh, guess what? They're playing the best team defending the tight end in Dallas this week, and I think Evan Ingram's going to disappoint, although you're probably going to start him if you normally start him. Uh, and then, of course, both Seattle uh, tight ends, Noah Fant and Will Disley, did, disappeared last week, and they get the staunch 49ers tight end defense this week, so uh, keep them on the bench. How about you, Chris, a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why? Ooh, don't like Mark Andrews. Since week seven, Andrews has been tight end number 20, and the prospects for his breakout do not increase with either an injured Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown under center. Even Taysom Hill has more in that span, and he only has six catches and under 150 rushing yards since week seven. Realistically, Andrews himself is getting healthier, but the passing attack here just isn't. And a run-heavy offense facing a bottom three run defense is a recipe for a very low-volume passing game in week 15. I think the fact that Cleveland's also allowed the league fewest tight end receptions and only two touchdowns in 13 games bodes poorly for success, even if they do throw it. And then a guy that I, I, I can't believe is still on rosters is Mike Kosicki. I hope he's not taking up space on your roster. Um, he's failed to catch a pass in three straight games. He, I, I literally, I have as many catches in the last month as Mike Kosicki. He owns only three receptions <laughs> since week eight. And if for some crazy reason you're thinking of starting him this week, just don't. I mean, the Bills are the only team yet to allow a tight end to score this year. They held Gesicki to one catch for six yards earlier this year when they met. Saturday night, the weather's supposed to be windy and snowy and sub-freezing, so I would stay away from any warm-weather pass receivers, if possible, under these conditions. There you go. I know. My opponent in uh, in my dynasty league, uh, he had Gesicki going, and I went, yeah, big fat zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with him, Chris. As I've said last week, late in the season, you look for kickers playing indoors especially. I love Chase McLaughlin. He's only about 10% owned, but only Folk and Tucker have tried more field goals since he joined Indy, and no one's allowed more kicker points in Minnesota. And, again, indoors. Uh, And then I like Will Lutz. New Orleans should be prepared for Atlanta after a bye. They're playing indoors. Atlanta is top 10 in field goals allowed and place kicker points allowed. A couple of defenses I like. I like those same Saints at home against Atlanta. Desmond Ritter making his first start against a well-rested Saints defense who are third in the NFL in sacks and seventh in points allowed over their last six games. And I do like the commanders uh, facing those Giants again for the second time in two weeks. Really back-to-back games for the commanders. They've been pretty good for the last month. The Giants are banged up. They're leaking oil. They gave up seven sacks last week. And Chase Young is going to make his return. So this is just a, a game to walk away from most Giants. Yeah, I know. I'm just hoping and praying somehow my Giants can get a win in this game. But, you know, it is what it is. We'll see. Uh, once again, we want to uh, urge everyone to check out FanDuel. Download the app. Play the game. Uh, it's a lot. It's really cool. And appreciate uh, supporting our uh, show here as well as our sponsor, FanDuel. Uh, thanks for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Nazarek. See you all next week when we offer our Week 16 semifinal preview. Uh, that, uh, good luck and good night to everybody who's playing this week. 
Football. Football? You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir!